Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That intro is so much louder when you've got earphones on. Um, hello and welcome along to the Rangers Rabble. Uh, I'm Martin and I'm joined by Wolf, Kerr and Elaine. Hello guys, welcome along. Thanks for everybody for tuning in, short as possible. Um, I hope everybody's well. Um, we've got quite a bit on the agenda tonight. Um, we're going to talk Europa League, Calvin Bassey, Connor Goldson, Scottish Cup. Um, but we're going to we're obviously going to start with, with Jimmy Bell. Um, just before we do, please like and subscribe. Um, I'm so warm; it's so hard to concentrate. Um, if you want to join as a member on YouTube, you can. The join buttons just down there somewhere. And um, thank you everybody for joining us. I know it's not going to be an easy an easy hour because we're all still hurting and stuff like that. Um, before we get into the football side of things. Um, Wolf, obviously today was the service um, of a legendary kit man, um, Jimmy Bell. Obviously, we've spoken about it before when we heard firstly about his, his his sad passing. Before we say anything, obviously our condolences go out to his, his friends, but more importantly, his family. Um, there was many of us who met Jimmy, but we didn't really know him. Obviously, his family have to deal with that loss. We have to deal with the loss of a, a legend of our club. And I, and I don't think it's too far to say, Wolf, that he's somebody who can't be replaced. No, he certainly can't be replaced in the, in the immediate term because you can't replace the 30-odd years of experience that Jimmy had, you know, working for the club. I mean, since his passing, the one thing that's been, been uniform all across the board is everybody saying that, you know, he was a Rangers man and he made sure everybody that came to the club knew what the Rangers traditions were. I mean, you look at you look at the reactions after the, the Leipzig semi-final just a couple of days after Jimmy's passing and all, all the players with the, the black arm man you know, this is for you, Jimmy. And this is players that have been in the club effectively five minutes. You know, guys like, like Calvin Bassey, he's only been here a very short time and 
I mean, Jimmy was like a like a father to them. He he gave them the right, you know, kept them in the right path, gave them the right range. Even the things you know, you hear the stories like uh, Stephen Smith said, you know, he went and once took two towels. Jimmy Bell went, Richard Goff didn't take two towels. All that sort of stuff. Just little wee quips like that to keep their feet, to keep them grounded. You know, you can't you can't replace that. You know, I mean, we need to keep Rangers men at the club. That's always been said that you can't. Replace. I mean, Jimmy Bell came in when Doddy Suter retired, and Doddy Suter had been there for a long, long time. You know, we don't have somebody that's been there a long, long time. So maybe in 20 years' time, Jimmy's replacement, who I think came in last year, and I'm sorry, I don't know the, the, the guy's name. Maybe in 20 years' time, you could say, yeah, he's the new Jimmy Bell then. But right now, absolutely irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's loads of comments coming in, Kerr, like saying one of a kind. Um, he can't be replaced. And I, I, I thought it was good that the, the family and friends got the... The, the private ceremony, but it was also good for the fans to be able to show their respects as he was as he was passing eyebrows. It was, and we've said it before. Jimmy was Jimmy was one of a kind. He was he was a character. He's not going to be replaced. Doesn't matter who he oversees, but he's done at the club. He's end of the day. Jimmy was like us. He was an Rangers fan through and through. Who was in a position where he became the kit man. And it was a position we all love to do, but Jimmy, Jimmy was that much respected by all the staff. But you see how much every player, ex-players, like Will said, just guys just in the door, but they all respected him, they all love him. Because he had a bond with everybody and you can't really say much about anything else about Jimmy. It's just he would be missed and he was a character. And like I see, he was a Rangers fan. If you caught me, probably bleed red, white and blue because that's how much a Rangers fan he was. He was, like, he was one of us. End of the day, that's what he was, one of us. Mm-hmm. And look, uh, Paul puts it well, Elaine. Um, I remember Stevie G wanted to change the dressing room and freshen it up, and Jimmy said, no way, I don't know uh, another kit man in world football. Who could tell a legend is coming in to be manager of your football club? No, you're not doing that. No. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, and I'm just going to echo exactly what they said. He obviously, um, I, I'm, I wasn't in the position where I ever met him. Um, and to be honest, what I knew was probably the, the kind of the, the outer shell of what everyone sees the sort of um tough guy the, the the guy that maybe didn't give a lot away um and i think that um two things firstly um the number of players past present uh, whether they've been at the club for years been at the club for a six month loan you know the kind of wide ranging people who and it was really heartfelt tributes it wasn't just oh Rest in peace. You know, it was really heartfelt stuff mm-hmm. that came out, but also um, the, the picture on the order of service today. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was him and his dog. And I yeah. think that's that's probably well. It, it will have been the real Jimmy. I I didn't know him, so you know it, it's difficult for me to comment on that. But but that's the real person. And as much as obviously the club are hurting, um, you know, yeah, thoughts with his family because they they'll be feeling it worse than than anyone at the club, certainly. Yeah, yeah, and I hope it's of some kind of condolence to the family that the response has been from the Rangers supporters, you know, that, that he won't be, he certainly won't be forgotten. People like, you know, Walter Smith passing away, Jimmy Bell passing away, can mean so much to people who have never met them. Yeah, I mean, I just saw, saw a comment in there, you know, um, a few minutes ago, just went past, um, Walter, undoubtedly Rangers legend, but a lot of the, the current players would know the name, wouldn't know who he was, never met the guy, and they probably never met Walter before he passed. 
But they all knew Jimmy. Every every player that's been through the door at Ibrox in the last thirty years has known Jimmy Bell. There will be a vast number of them would, would know, you know, Walter Smith and other legends that we've got. They maybe they maybe haven't even met all met John Gregg or, you know, mm-hmm. whoever that are still with us. But they'll all know or know Jimmy, and he was he was a massive massive part of the Rangers family. You're right. I couldn't tell you the name of any kit man at any other club anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, our 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 Jimmy was so. So well, well revered that that other lot even made up a song about him. It wasn't a very nice song, but they even acknowledged that they knew who he was. That tells you the mark of the standing of the guy. And he probably loved it. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Eh? Listen, I, I've, I've been told the name of their kit man like four or five times now, and I still can't remember it. You know, I mean, that's that 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 just goes to show, and he will be dreadfully missed, but he will certainly not be forgotten. That is that is for sure. Um, so. I don't know if he's remembered, but we've just been involved in a European Cup final. Didn't quite go to plan. Um, before we we'll touch on the game, the players, um, what went right, what went wrong. Before we do it, though, Elaine and Wilf, obviously you were in the ground. Um, there's been loads of reports that came out that uh, aren't exactly very complimentary towards the Spanish authorities and the workers within the ground. Wolf, can you just run me through for yourself what the experience was like? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, me personally, it, was, it wasn't it was what I expected because it was a European final. I thought it might be a bit better organised than your your usual standard of eight. I mean, I've been lucky. I've been to a lot of away games over the years in Europe and a lot of different places. And... You know, you expect to get you expect to get held back from the stadium footprint a bit. You expect to get searched a couple of times, all that sort of stuff. And I understand why they were, why they were keeping folk back away um, from the main search area just to stop it getting too congested. But I believe when I was in really early, I was in about half six. But I believe shortly after that, they were basically keeping thousands of people kettled in a street in a side street, which in thirty four degrees of heat is never clever. Um, but I mean, I, I fortunately didn't experience any of that. I was held back for about five minutes at the first row of stewards as you approached the stadium. Then got to the, the search area. I had my 19-year-old daughter with me making her away European debut, which I was delighted about. And we got to the search and we could see there was big wheelie bin standing at the where the, where the, the police were searching people. And basically, with anything in your pocket, they were taking out and throwing it in the wheelie bins. This included sun cream, which we were told we'd get in with. I included um, phone battery packs, which we were told officially by Rangers we would, we would get in with it. We agreed with UEFA. So my 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 daughter decided, well, she's going to need a battery pack. So she had it in her bra, and I put mine, um, mine down my pants just to, so I could get in with it. And I had a small one in my pocket because I, I was told you'd definitely get in with a right small one. Uh, obviously, she was searched by a female steward who ripped the battery pack out of where she'd hidden it. So that obviously didn't go down too well. But you can't complain to these people. Because they've got bat, they've got batons, handcuffs, and the ability to not let you in. And the last thing you want is not to get let in. I was, I was thoroughly searched by a meal steward so much so I think he wanted to go for dinner with me after the game. We got that, it got that intimate, you know. Um, but he didn't find the battery back that he secreted something that he really shouldn't be touching anyway. I went out and I got through, spoke to a ranger steward and said, "Look, that was out of order." He went, "Look, I know that." The best thing you can do is email the club. But if we make a noise about it just now, all that's going to happen is you're not going to see it again. And I said, I understand that, but I've made my, my feelings known to you. So I then moved my battery pack, put it in the pocket with my, my shorts, walked in, scanned, scanned my ticket in, got searched again. Stuart obviously found the battery pack in my pocket, hands it to the supervisor, who put it against her phone, and basically said, it's not bigger than my phone, that's okay. 
Now that was bigger than the one my daughter had taken off her, and three times the size of the one I had taken off me. You know, mm-hmm. which is completely inconsistent. I don't see. I don't see why you basically get strip searched going onto the stadium footprint. Then when you're in the ground to do it again, I don't. I just don't get that. That's ridiculous to me. And then you go up to up to your seat. There's there was I think there was maybe six six kiosks. Five of them with the shutters down. One of them open. The queue was basically the length of the concourse. Now this is it. What, quarter to seven. This is at least two hours before the game, and you couldn't get. I mean, I, I was lucky. I went down to see if see how long the queue was, and a pal of mine was at the front, so I just shouted him up and got a couple of bottles, used a couple of bottles of water, because within fifteen minutes there was nothing left. So by the back of seven o'clock there was nothing left, and they were actually telling people, "Look, take take water out, take water out of the toilets, drink it, out, drink it out the out the toilets." I mean, there was people just picking up bottles and were finding lying about. Because there was no, they weren't handing out cups or anything like that. I mean, it was over 30 degrees. There's not a roof on the stadium. I say they're taking sun cream off people. My daughter, although she pretends that she's not, she's ginger. You know what I mean? Ginger hair and heat, well, that's not very good for you. You know what I mean? And there was, it was I mean, there was people in a in really bad way with the heat. You couldn't get hydrated. I mean, I, over the over the years, I've done quite a lot of, quite a lot of runs, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, all that stuff. You get, you get handed out free water at regular intervals. So that you don't pass out. That's even if you're running in Scotland and it's two to two or three degrees. You're in Spain. There's 40,000 folk in a football stadium and no water available anywhere. It's just it was it was absolutely ridiculous. It, it was, and Elaine, for yourself as well, because obviously you were there. I was at the <clears throat> auditorium. I think it was about four or five miles away, whatever. Um, we were given water, beer, yeah. juice, mm. everything. So for yourself, for your own experience, uh, it must have been just exactly what both said there, horrendous. Yeah, um, we had headed up. Um, we headed up quite early, and to be honest, I kind of I, I know that we've been given advice beforehand about what side to go in and etc. Um, I didn't find that there was really any sort of kind of map, or, or I couldn't quite figure it out. So we ended up actually walking up the Frankfurt side um and to be fair what i would say was um had no bother at all with frankfurt fans all day mm-hmm. um actually had a really good laugh with them um i was sat um my my boyfriend and his pals were in a bar um they were sitting out there must have been a couple hundred rangers fans all sat in um you know having a couple of drinks at one of the squares and there was a table of about six frankfurt fans right in the middle right next to them who took everything in good humor for every ranger song there was a frankfurt re- response it was all it was all really it was a great atmosphere uh, and we headed up um we wanted to be in in good time i kind of had the fear a wee bit about the tickets and my phone not working and everything so uh, we were we were walking up about really about half five and the only time that i saw trouble in the run-up to the game or, or i could kind of hear trouble was just before six o'clock the Frankfurt fans were all walking up and it was the road that was parallel to the one we were supposed to walk up and they started getting kettled and it was their kind of ultra element that was, um, and there were a few sort of broken bottles and whatever, but absolutely nothing directed at us, nothing. Um, we, we were standing outside a bar again, just um, kind of getting water before we went in and whatnot. Um, and again, everyone was in great, great spirits. So I was already at that point, I was, I was thinking if this kicks off, I don't necessarily think it's anything to do with the fans. 
I could see that the the police were being very heavy handed, and that wasn't with Rangers fans. You know that, as I say, I was I was at the wrong side. Um, we eventually, for six o'clock, did get ourselves to the right side, and experience was quite similar with with Wilf going in, especially Wilf's daughter. There was um, fairly rough, and it wasn't until afterwards I kind of thought, okay, that, that you know that that was fairly uh, rough. We don't. I don't want special treatment because we're going to a European game. Um, it, it's not about that. We know that um, European games can be fairly hostile atmospheres. Um, it was just in terms of a logistics thing for me. I just. I thought it was absolutely nuts. I thought the battery pack things and you. Know, that was bizarre having it been cleared. Apparently it was a police decision that was taken out uh, of UEFA's hands. That was decided on Tuesday. If that was the case, why wasn't that then? put out to the fans, why wasn't that communicated? Uh, because the number of posts you've seen of people who are missing, and I mean, I, I don't think they will be, or I hope the majority aren't actually missing. And certainly now it seems that a lot of them are, are turning up, but um, a lot of that is just due, due to kind of phones dying. And then invariably people getting lost, people not being able to contact their pals, mm -hmm. people not being able to pay for an Uber or, you know, because your phone's kind of, um, in this day and age, it's everything. And when we got to our seat, um, we were in, as I say, we were, I mean, we got through pretty quickly because we were there so sharp. Um, again, one kiosk open, already a huge queue. They started moving people out of the concourse, though, because because it was so busy, you couldn't have people milling around. But that was the only shade. So you had some people keeled over. Um, you were told, no, you had to get to your seat. You're sitting out in your seat three hours before kickoff, no water, no sun cream. Um, they also, they ran out of change as well. So, um, you know, if you wanted one bottle of water, that's fine. But if you've got 10 euros, then you know, it's an expensive bottle of water. But I don't think at that point anyone was really caring. Um, and you started to see a couple of people keeling over. There was one behind the dugout where uh, you just heard the shouts and just heard, and straight away you're thinking, and straight away I was thinking, God, I hope this isn't serious. Um, the person eventually gets wheeled out in a stretcher. And yeah, it's, it, you know, it's not it's not what you expect. Um, and I think for me, if you're planning something like that, the, the thing for me is that's the closest that I would have come to there, there being trouble as well. And I could understand people kicking off. And um, the thing that really gets me is having been in really sharp and knowing there was only one kiosk open, the statement today saying that they had to shut kiosks because of fan aggression is is just a total fabricate. It's not mm -hmm. true. Um, I was in. I, I saw them kind of, you know, that there were no other kiosks open. They eventually opened one beside it and they eventually opened one on the upper tier. Um, th there were no kiosks open to close. Um, fans were, were annoyed, but there was, to be honest, it's before the game. People were in pretty good spirits. Yeah, people were getting a wee bit annoyed, but people were generally kind of, you know, bouncing people are excited for the game. Um, I think it's much more likely that people would kick off after, you know, when things weren't going our way. Um, I, I, and I, I find that hard to take because having been there and seen it, um, and I just I just know that that's not true. Um, but anyway, we... Um, we got there, and and hopefully there's not you know not too many casualties. I saw that there was someone on a drip, and a couple of people who obviously didn't make, um, or didn't actually get to see the game because they took ill. But hopefully everyone has since recovered. Oh yeah, um, <clears throat> Karen, um, Jim Sloan Channel members saying what I think 
Um, this was actually criminal. Where's the health and safety for supporters? And as <laughs> listen, you can't argue with that. And what Elaine's saying about the statement that they've, they've branded, which is just absolute nonsense, trying to cover their own backs. It's there's got to be an investigation into this, but unfortunately now the event's passed, so the investigation can only be to try and help future events, which should not again be held at this stadium. No, I mean the stadium. I don't know why it was chosen in the first place, but I haven't been at football in Spain before for other games. I know what the authorities are like there, and I know it's not the greatest place to go, especially dealing with the Spanish police. But it was shocking. I mean, I was gutted for not being there all week. I've been depressed. I've been down in the dumps because I wasn't going. And then when I read all this, the first thing my wife said to me was, I'm glad you didn't go because mm-hmm. the underlying health conditions, I don't know if I could have sat in the for three hours without any water. I'd have probably collapsed as well. So... On that side of it, I'm happy I didn't go, even though I'm, I'm, I'm gutted that I never went, because see, you don't just, want that to happen to anybody. See, just to pick up on exactly what you said there, um, there were a couple of people who got inhalers chucked. I, I had mine in my pocket, and it was taken out and inspected. And I'm thinking, especially in that heat, you know, I, I, I really need my inhaler. We were a couple of miles walk away. I was starting to panic. Um, there was a diabetic lady in front of us who was starting to really, really panic as well. Um, and because of her diabetes, she was saying, do you know, I, they, they did have, there were a couple um, later on that had like coke and whatever, and she's like, I need water. Um, and to be honest, they just didn't care. Um, no, and, don't. And, that, and that's the thing is that you, you don't expect special treatment, but stuff like that, when people are taken ill, you think, surely... Um, yeah, surely there's just even a human side where you think, right, someone's killing over it, you're gonna have to help them. And it was just and as Will said, these aren't people that you mess with. And if you do kick up about it, the only thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna get chucked out or potentially arrested or a doing or, or whatever it is. You so you so you don't. Um but I thought it, it the organization had real potential for everything kicking off because of how bad it was and how unsafe it was. Yeah, it's. I know you want to jump in there, Wolf, um, but just very quickly from my point of view, <clears throat> um, I was only in Seville on the Wednesday for the game. The, the other days I've been in Portugal. I've been to Spain quite a few times. The Spanish authorities are animals, absolute animals. They always have been. Um, and see in Portugal, see the police, see the authorities, amazing. They want to help you. Well, the Spanish authorities just don't care. They're animals. No, they don't. You're right, they are. I mean, although having, having said that, I was in Malaga on Tuesday night, because I stayed in Malaga on Tuesday night, and Malaga was absolutely jumping, and the police were there. They were visible, but they just sat back and let, let it carry on. And from that point of view, they were great. I don't know what happened later on at night, because I went away about midnight, so I, I was driving through to Seville in the morning. But as far as I know, there was nothing, nothing happened in Malaga. So the police in Malaga were fine. But the actual police, when it comes to being round about an organised event, they're just an absolute joke. But the thing that really gets me... On top of all this, you've, we've got that statement from Seville that everybody's seen. I believe UEFA also made a statement saying that um, they'd made provisions to have water and juice and food and all that in the stadium, but they were overwhelmed by the demand. Now, they're the ones that told us to be there three hours early. We've known for two weeks what the temperature's going to be like, so there's no excuse for them not having the available water. They know the capacity of the stadium. There was no more than 42,000 folk going to be there, because that's all that can get the stadium. So... You know, they've got your provision for that and they're, they're, they're encouraging people to be there early. So all that's going to happen is, in the future, people are going to say, well, they're telling me to be there early. I'm not going in early because there'll be nothing for me there. 
going by the experiences of, at the, you know, the Rangers Frankfurt game, then there's going to be chaos outside stadium and it's going to have a knock on effect, yeah. you know, in years to come. And it, it's all at UEFA's door. It's all at UEFA's door. Their organisations are shambles. But the only thing they're interested in is money. Yeah. Uh, so they're interested in making money. UEFA couldn't want to piss up in a brewery. That's no, and it's never, got, it's never going to change. It's never going to change. On to the game itself, Elaine. We've had a few days now to, you know, chill, uh, have a think about it. After the game, I was. Uh, it's strange. I've I've never felt. I mean, I've seen us get beat off a of Celtic. I've seen us lose cup finals. I've obviously seen us getting put out of Europe. It was probably the worst I've ever felt. I think as a Ranger supporter after that game. I I can I can totally understand that I can totally understand that, and um, I don't know if I I felt worse yesterday than I did after the game because oh, yeah. actually after after the game I was pretty kind of stoic about it and just sort of looked back and thought well do I have a, a brilliant day? oh of course I was disappointed I was gutted I especially going ahead and you think this could be, you know, it, it, it could happen. Um, and those 12 minutes were just up there with anything that you'll experience in, in football, um, just absolutely unbelievable. And um, I, on the on the night, certainly, I, I just didn't think we turned up, to be honest. And that's maybe being harsh, but I, I didn't think we acquitted ourselves as well as we could. Um, I thought... The, I thought the occasion got the better of us. In extra time, we did uh, show a wee bit more. We played a wee bit more football. But I think that I was more accepting of it you know, after the game because I kind of thought we, I didn't think we did enough to win. It was yesterday then that it really got me because I thought mm-hmm. we didn't do enough to win and, and why didn't we? Because we can play so much better than that. And I think that that's what everything that we spoke about before the game saying don't do what happened in Manchester, you know, go and have a go, leave it all out there. Um, you, yeah, I, I just think that we, we, we could have had a bit of a, a better go at it. Um, that said, it's maybe slightly too early to look at it this way, but what an achievement. I mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't fault the players. I, I, I didn't think that they acquitted themselves to, to the standards that they could, but... Um, still, just incredible achievement, and we and we will look back with pride on it at the end of the day. Um, it's just it's a tough one to take, especially especially in the manner and especially that penalty. But it's it's tough to take, um, but I just hope as a club we don't make a hospitality suite out of it, a DVD out of it, and name a wall after it. I hope as a club we don't accept mediocrity, as I know that a lot of other clubs do. I would quite like a starring role in the in the play. The music. Well, so the play as well, I'll put, yeah. I'll put myself <clears throat> forward. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, and listen, fair play to you. You managed to do the reaction after the game, which must have been so, so tough. Um, and, and I say, unfortunately, fortunately, I was driving back. Sorry, Mark, been, Martin, so. sorry, can I, just, can I just jump in there? I'm noticing in the comments that the um, the supporter that the Elaine was talking about that collapsed in the meeting uh, behind the dugout is actually in the chat. Oh. Um, oh. Random madness. Um, all right. Still, still in hospital there till Monday, so I hope he's, I hope he's, he's all right and he gets home safely. No, oh, absolutely. Sorry, I never seen that. Um, I hope everything is okay. And again, it just goes to show you when when authorities don't care, 
stuff like this happens, it's it shouldn't have happened. It's atrocious, and I hope everything goes all right. Yeah, speedy um, recovery. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Careful. What, what killed me, I think, <clears throat> was going one a lot, because <clears throat> what I had done throughout the whole European run was, <clears throat> especially when it got to Dortmund, was right. We're not going to win. That's my mindset. We're not going to win. So then if we don't win, then I can take it. As soon as Aribo scored, and I've done laps, by the way, you want, to <laughs> this, you want to see this fat guy running around this auditorium, I think in my, my head then went, oh my God, we're going to do it. And it killed me. I'm, I'm, I'm still gutted about it. I was really confident leading up to the match, as you, you knew. I thought we were going to do it. I'd just like to say everybody in the chat, thanks for the night. It was hard after the game, but most guys are on the chat just now were there. And thanks for the comments, because uh, it was difficult, especially a lot of t- people that supporting our team been on. No, but I thought the other night, I thought the occasion to get to, as Elaine says, but I didn't think either team played that well, to be fair. I've always been better at back. I didn't think either team played that well. We just probably did the same amount of chances as they did. McGregor didn't have a lot of save to make. Uh, now I did their keeper right enough, but we could we could have played better. But you can pick the bones of the game all you want. It's not going to change the fact we didn't win. But I'm still proud of that team getting there. I'm still proud of what we've achieved because if you had told me when we were drawing Borussia Dortmund only months ago, we'll get to the final. I wouldn't have believed you. So I'm proud he's getting there. But I'm still gutted in a way because I was that confident in myself we were going to lift that trophy. And like you said, when Ebo scored, I was even more confident that it just wasn't to be. I know on the actual game itself, well, if we can, if you don't mind, um, I thought <clears throat> throughout the majority of the game, Frankfurt were the better team. I think they looked the more dangerous team. Um, I, I don't want to point out individuals, but just just purely focusing on the game itself, I thought Tav was poor. I don't think Tav had a great game. Um well, Goldson just has to clear the ball. <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, that's uh, I obviously haven't seen any, haven't seen any of it back, but I saw and I've I refused to watch it back. I won't. I won't watch it. So back. made a point when they're when they're going, and I made a point of looking at the screen behind me because I, I was in the I was in the front bit of the top tier, so there's a screen screen right behind me. So I turned around to watch that, and then they've got to, we've got to cut the cross out. Goldson's got to clear the ball. I lay no blame on Bassi. I don't think he's expecting it to come right through. Mm-hmm. Me, McGregor's he has got to bonnie his toes, Wills, but he has to bonnie his toes. If that's Paris, to Paris, he's he's done that all week and get it's, it's, a, it's a goal we've lost so often. It's yeah, a goal we've lost so often. And I mean, the ball's come along the six yard box. We love McGregor at the bits, but he's a goalkeeper. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's got to come out and anticipate Goldson missing it in case Goldson swipes at it and misses it. The goalkeeper's got to be there just in case, you know. And it was a terrible, terrible goal to lose, but it is a goal we've lost on so many other occasions. You know, I mean, I actually thought it was going to be all right when they when they, they had the chance before they scored when the boys scooped it onto the roof of the net. I thought it's going to be all right because mm-hmm. he should have scored that. I thought we, we're going to win this, you know. But for all the the disappointment, and I'm still fairly <clears> gutted <throat> with that. They would have been really tired. Um, the fact is that we saw our club take the lead in a European final. You know, yeah. but we've got to, we've got it. Take some solace from that. Nobody can take that away from us. Okay, we didn't we didn't convert it into winning the trophy, but I mean the the bounce in that stadium that will take 
that'll take some beating for that when that Aribo chance went in because when he ran through on the keeper and the boy stumbled, my first thought was go down because the boy would have gone off. It'd be a foul. The boy would have gone off because the way the, the way that we go from that sort of position, that's normally straight at the keeper's legs. So my initial thought was if he keeps going, he's going to hit the keeper with that, and the chance is gone. But fair play to Joey stuck it in the net, and the place just went well. Mainly you were there, the place just went absolutely uh, terrible. It was just. I'm surprised that nobody actually got seriously hurt because that stadium was so steep. You know what I mean? I'm surprised that nobody came hurtling down the stairs or down the stands and it was just, it was absolute bedlam. Yeah, it was, it was a total disbelief. And actually, what I was saying about those 12 minutes, the you know what a reaction is like to a big goal? Everyone loses it. It was after yeah. that, it was that, it was those moments of everyone looking around going, What's happening? You know, yeah. are, are we? Um, and and that's an ex- you know that's a feeling. That's an experience that if you could bottle, um, that'll live with me forever. And of course, it's massively disappointing. You know, of course, it's massively disappointing in the way it was. Um, but the one thing that I would say, as much as I was critical of the team, just thinking that we didn't do ourselves justice, um, I I would agree with Kerr. I don't think Frankfurt played that well. But I think they nullified us fairly well. Um, they they kind of the two they, they sort of snuffed Tav out. They snuffed Kent out. Um, our, our two big threats really didn't didn't get going much. And, and you have to give them credit for the way they set up as well. Uh, I saw someone saying, you know, we've been you know, they respected us at that level, um, which is true. They did, and they set up well. It, it worked. We were. I felt our midfield kind of dropped out at quite a bit and we were sort of resorting to the long diagonals, which sometimes land, um, but half the time if they did land, Kent had two people on him and was going nowhere um, and half the time they were right over and out. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a frustrating, especially the first half, frustrating game. <clears throat> yeah, and look, I don't want to sit here and, and pull apart individual players and and whatever because I don't, I don't think it's fair. Um, normally, what normal match reactions or whatever we do, we try and go through the team individually and, and whatever. But look, it was a massive European game. We failed at the final hurdle, care. Um, but you know, this season, this team have took us on a journey that none of us would have dreamt of in a million years. Huh? They have, yeah. I mean, it's, we didn't expect to be in the European final, especially after how. We started European campaign this season, it beat Malone and losing the games in the Europa League when we went through the Europa League. Uh, we didn't expect to be here. Like I said, even when we got Dortmund, we all thought Dortmund were going to beat us. So it's getting to the final, you think we're there. But when you look, when you get to the final, you want to win it. And that is a disappointing thing. We never just got over that final wee bit to get the trophy. The thing that was sticking my throat for this season, Martin, I know I've told you many times it's a league. The, the twelve point swing is is just sticking in my throat. I don't think it'll go away till next season. It's 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 there and it's not moving. And I think we need to win Saturday. I think if we don't win on Saturday, there could be a lot. <coughs> we'll, we'll certainly come. It. We'll certainly come to that discussion. We will certainly come to that. Believe me. Just finally on the Europa League. Well, um, to have. And, and again, I did say I don't think he played that well in the final, but there was a few. But to have your right back as a top goal scorer in the team of the tournament was probably one of the man in a match in most games. 
Tavernier, regardless of how he played in the final, um, captained us fantastically throughout it and was superb. Oh, he's, he's had a fantastic campaign. I mean, the whole team have had a fantastic campaign. I mean, we've we got to Manchester in 2008, drawn, drawn with everybody at home and nicking goals and going on away goals and going through penalties and all that sort of stuff. Up till up till this up till the game on Wednesday, the final against Frankfurt, we we outscored every team every team we were up against in the knockout stages. We didn't rely on, you know, um, we didn't rely on penalty kicks. Okay, away goals was gone. We didn't, didn't rely on taking any penalties. We outscored we outscored Borussia Dortmund. We, out, we outscored Leipzig. We outscored Red Star Belgrade. We outscored all these teams. We then went to the final against Frankfurt, and yeah, we didn't we didn't play to our capacity, but neither did they. I mean, you've got to remember that was an Eintracht Frankfurt team that. That won three nothing in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. That went to West Ham and won. You know they couldn't beat us over over 120 minutes. They had to they had to beat us on penalties. And to be fair, their penalties were I mean the penalties were just they were different class. Yeah, and every single one of their five penalties was different class. So were four of ours to be fair. <clears throat> and I mean just on Eintracht Frankfurt, having experienced what I experienced with, with a few of the supporters in Malmo on Tuesday, and in Malmo and Malaga on Tuesday. And the ones I met in Seville on Wednesday, and there's quite a lot of them that I came across because when they did their fan march to the stadium, they marched past a pub that we were in, and they were all shaking hands and fist pumping, and you know, all the best of luck, and may the best team win, all that stuff. To me, they're a proper football team, and I know they've got their, their idiots that are on a mock and Tuesday night and stuff like that. But the majority of their fans are proper football fans. They're a proper football club, and to me, if you're going to lose a European final, lose it to a team that I like. That I mean, they showed their class today. Yeah. When, when they put out, you know, they put out a tweet. They put out a tweet saying it was just like 19, just like sixty two years ago when they when they hammered those over two legs in a semi final, and what a classy club and wish us good luck for tomorrow. They're a classy, classy outfit, you know. The supporters seem genuine football fans, which is what you need, which is what you want. There's no, they're not, they're not prima donnas. They're not. I think they went into that the same as we did. They haven't had European success since nineteen eighty, you know. They were desperate to win a European trophy. And they knew they'd need to work for it, and we made them work for it. And I, th- I just think, having experienced them, they're, they're just a classy, classy side. I wish we'd beat them. We didn't beat them. I think, like Elaine said, they were better than us on the day, but there wasn't much in it. You know, it's all ifs and buts and maybe's. If we'd cut out the cross, if we'd done this, if we'd done that. But there's, there's I just probably didn't. Teams you could lose a final to, I think. Yeah, probably didn't. And I, I can't remember what you put on Twitter, Elaine. No, no. Frankfurt done that was it. No, was it annoyingly? Annoyingly classy. Annoyingly classy. That was it. <laughs> only, only because <clears throat> it is. Do you know? I, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd love to kind of hate them and say, <laughs> you know, this, that, and the other, and and it was. Do you know? It was a nice tweet. It is, as well says, they're a they're a good football and uh, club and fans and. You know, we, as I've already said, we had no issues with them. It was a good laugh. It was. Uh, I didn't go to the fan zone. I was. Uh, I was kind of in central Seville, so it was. A, it was a good mix, and there was no no hassle at all. Good laugh with everyone. Um, yeah, and it's just it's annoying because I, I can't even hate them, even though mm-hmm. I'm gutted. But no, fair play to them, and you know, maybe we'll get our chance again. Can we also care give a bit of a shout out to all the Rangers fans that went over there? All we heard, <clears throat> all certain parts of the Scottish media were desperate and had all their 
their, put their pages in that typed up oh, before, they, before we got there. They had everything typed up. They were desperate for it. Not a single arrest. And this is in Spain. We've already discussed the Spanish police. And even when I was in Spain, they were desperate for something to, to happen. It didn't. The Rangers fans went over there. What was it? 160, 170,000? Whatever the final number was. Impeccable behaviour. Of course, you're going to get scuffles. You're going to get people who are drunk, sick here, whatever there. But in the main, you know, 160 minimum thousand Ranger supporters and not a single arrest. They were, they were fantastic. They were, and I think hats off to them. But it's not, it's, we, we know what Rangers fans like because we go to games, Wolf travels everywhere, Elaine travels. We know you get good guys and bad guys depending where you go in the world. But the Rangers fans are a, are a family, and there's usually a lot of good banter between, doesn't matter if there's a lot of is, a, a small amount of is. But the media in Scotland were desperate, and I mean desperate for something to happen, because like you said, they had the templates ready, they had the social media ready just to press send, and it didn't happen. And they probably feel more gutted about that than they do about anything else. But no, the fans are superb, especially hearing what you went through from Elaine and from Wolf and other people. That was awful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know a lot of people say the fans weren't singing, atmosphere was poor. But if you're sitting in that condition with that heat, not getting any water, medication taking off you, stuff like that. Listen, I wouldn't be singing either. I'm telling you that just now, I'd be looking for help. So hats off to everybody that went there. Uh, everybody appreciates you for being there and seeing the game, but no, I'm just really gutted for what everybody's went through and I feel really sorry for folk that are still there. Yeah. See just see just what you were saying about the people having their coats ready and everything. Um, I kind of felt for the club a bit because... They can't do right for doing wrong. You know, they, they can't get it get it right because I did find the whole let's you know bring out all these people who have played for us and tell us to behave and and I find that quite patronising because at the end of the day there is going to be an element who um, travel of any club where there's maybe a bit of potential. Um, if someone's going to kick off just because Richard Goff told you not to, you're not going to go all oh, right well. I, I better not mm-hmm. do that. Um, and and especially, I, I did find it a bit embarrassing, you know, we're wheeling out, right, the four or five messages and it kept coming and uh, I, I thought, yeah, I, th- I found it a bit patronising. But the club were lambasted last year for not doing enough. They didn't mm-hmm. do enough. And actually, the club, as much as we travel and represent the club, the club can't legislate for having 100,000 fans that travel. They oh. cannot be... In charge, in charge of us all, what can the club actually do? And I thought, well, fair play. I, I wasn't a massive fan, but I understood why they put out those messages because they, they were trying to be seen to be doing something. And yet they were still then subject to ridicule, saying, oh, well, they obviously don't trust the fans. So what, So which one is it? You know, because they can't, you know, they, they clearly can't get it right. Um, and yeah, I just think fair play because um, the people who are now, are, are the people who were, ridiculing the statements were the first people uh, or were the people who had been first to have been right on it had there been any trouble uh, and as you see probably had their articles ready or primed ready to go so no I, I kind of felt the club were in a wee bit of a an awkward situation there and they, they obviously did the best that they could I think it was more people arresting Glasgow last weekend and there was yeah. in the whole of all yeah. and it was in his warm and there was only one set of fans out there so that kind of tells us its own story Rangers will never be able to do right for doing wrong. That's that's always going to be the case. But look, we'll move on for that. Um, 
I don't know if this is positive, but before I come to that, everybody watching, thank you so much for tuning in. Please do like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Um, give us a comment and I will try and read them out. Um, the comments are flying in. If you're on, if you're watching on Twitter, give us a like and a retweet. And you can also, of course, comment on Twitter as well. Because um, we're, we're actually running out of pods. Now we're running out of shows because we're coming to the end of the season and I think I'm giving everybody a break. So, you know, um, get watching while you can. Right, well, I don't know if this is positive or negative. Um, Calvin Bassey, um, I thought was outstanding in the final. Had that one moment where he had a bit of a slip, but hey, he got up and he recovered, and I thought he was outstanding. I think he's been outstanding for a, for months now, whether he's played as centre-back or left-back. And now we're hearing about all sorts of bids coming in. We had a ridiculous... Is it three and a half million euro? I don't know where they get the euros from, from Fulham. Um, but I do get the feeling that he's going to be wanted by, by some top, top clubs. Yeah, there's going to be clubs coming in for him. And it's, it's, only right, it's only right that there's speculation about him because he is, I mean, he was, he was the best, for me, he was the best player on that park on Wednesday night for, for both sides by a country mile. He was, he was fabulous, apart from that one slip, which he made up for. Mm-hmm. And he's been... He's been good for. He's been playing really well for weeks. I mean, and he learns really quickly. I mean, if you go back to that, uh, that one in the old firm game when he went to see how that Celtic player was, and he was told get away from him. And the next old firm game, he just walked past and looked at him with the statement on the line on the ground. So he learns very, very quickly. You know, he is only twenty-two years old, which apparently is too old to be considered for young player in Scotland. But I, okay, we'll give him that. Um, if we want our much longer transfer. Uh, policy to work. We're going to have to have guys like like him um, getting interest shown in them from other clubs coming in with big bids. The trick we're going to have to do is make sure we, opt- we optimise this, optimise the situation and sell them when they're at the, when they're at the peak of their powers. Which I don't I don't think Calvin Bassey is at the moment. I mean he's he's, no had, a good, he's had a good he's had a good season, but he's still he's still learning, and hopefully he hopefully he's sensible enough to realise what we've done for him as a club. You know, we've we 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 basically took him out of Leicester's under twenty threes. He's now playing in European finals, right? He's an he's an international football player now because of what he's done for us. That doesn't mean he owes us anything, but if he stays with Rangers for even even another season and carries on the way he's going, I believe that three and a half million bid suddenly became nine million, which is a bit of a that jump. That tells you. That tells you all you need to know. But if he keeps going the way he's going, that that nine million becomes 19 or 20 million in a year's time and if he's if he's getting sold for that sort of money which we would need to sell him for if that sort of bid came in they have to pay him as a 19 20 million pound player you can't say well I'll tell you what we'll pay 20 million pound for me to get three grand a week you can't mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. I mean, that, would, that would be him made so for our as i say for our for our business model to work we need to we need to be selling guys like calvin bassi without the peak of the powers right now he isn't so he, so hopefully he can see that and, and, and stick around because he won't. If he went to like a, a Fulham who had just come out in the Premiership, right? He wouldn't play every week for them because at that level he just wouldn't. They just wouldn't play him every week because he's only young and he's still learning. He'll play every week for us as long as he's fit. Particularly because I expect Barisic to leave in the summer. You know, so that that, that left back role will be his. It'll be nailed. It's his, his and it's every week and he's playing high profile games. Hopefully, Champions League games have all goes well in the qualifiers, and the world is lobster after that. 
Well, that's the thing, Kerr. He's a young boy who's just been named man of the match in a European final. Um, I mean, even if you go back to his performances against Dortmund, um, his performances in the league, he's been sensational. And there was there was somebody, and I'm not going to name them. There was there was somebody who wasn't quite sure. I was actually a couple ways, and I was one of them. Oh, were you one of them? I wasn't going to mention any names. How many times have I come out and said, <laughs> he's proved me wrong, but you keep bringing up, Martin. It's a bit, you keep uh, saying it's toasty, it's toasty, you know what I mean? It's uh, so boring. I start, I start, I start, Martin. <laughs> it's so, so boring. But he is somebody care who, I mean, we've heard reports from, I think it's at Keenan Maguire that does the praise of football, that Rangers have made enough to be self-sustaining now. They're not in the same position, but they have to sell X amount of players. Obviously, of course, you need to sell players. You need to yeah. still keep bringing money in. But if it gives you the ability to be able to keep players that you want to keep, and at the age that Bass is at, like Wolf's saying, he's only going to get better. He's only going to become more valuable. He's somebody that we could look to build a team around. He hasn't. To be fair, he's still got two years left, as I, if I've read it right. So he's no one we're going to let go. But eh, we've got we'll have too many players leaving in the summer. Yeah, mm-hmm. leaving because of leaving for being on a contract, leaving because of finishing up, or leaving because they've only got a year left in a contract. We're gonna to have to sell them because you don't want players to constantly run their contracts down. But no, Bass you're gonna leave you should be off the new deal, but all this stuff Rangers now, players coming in, players coming out. This is all down to Ross Wilson and to be fair, you probably know my opinion on Ross Wilson. I don't trust him as far as I could throw him to get this right. I'm sorry, but I don't. I think he screwed up January, and I think that's how one position we're in with the league. But that's just my opinion. Well, fair enough, Elaine. Just, just quickly on Bassi, what do you think's his best position? Centre back or left back? Um, left back, only because yeah. I well, I I think he's an asset going forward. His physicality, um, I think. Initially, um, his crossing wasn't this, you know, wasn't on a par with Barisic. But um, I think more, oh, do you know? Yeah, I'm going to say left just because I, I like going forward. I think it, physically going forward, he can give us a lot, uh, and he can certainly, um, you know, he's crossing the ball better. But that said, he's, he's made centre half his own, and even when he, you know. <clears throat> He's put you know he's put Balogun out the team. I know Balogun's not always um, been fit. If Hellander Hel- coming back, um, I even I know he got cropped pretty quickly again. But um, I don't think I don't think either of them would have displaced them. So uh, he, he's made that position his own. From uh, looking towards next year, I would suggest that Barisic goes, and therefore he gets moved to left back because at the moment we do have centre-half cover. Um, but as long as we keep him. I, that was another thing that I tweeted today, just saying he's the one player. I'm kind of resigned to probably Alfie leaving. I'm resigned to likelihood of Kent, maybe Aribo. He's the one player that I think we could build a team around. He's got so much potential. If we get it right, he could be a record fee. Um, he's the one that I just don't want us to lose. Yeah, and for everybody asking, I think the noise is Molly in the background. Oh, sorry, um, yeah. No, no, it's all right. It's just that people are asking about what the noise is, and I just want to confirm it's not me, um, even though I'm sitting in a roasting hall. But it is indeed, it's Molly, there you go. Um, <laughs> she was disagreeing with me. Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't look too happy. She, she, she likes him at centre-half. 
<laughs> uh, well, somebody who is not going to be here next season, Gio, pretty much, and I haven't actually seen the press conference, I've just seen what Heart and Hand put on Twitter, um, but somebody who's not going to be here next season is Connor Goldson. Um, I don't think it's a surprise, really. If anything was going to be sorted by Connor, it probably would have been sorted now. Um, tough guy to replace. You know, he, he doesn't miss many games. He's been solid. Of course, he's made mistakes, but every player does. Um, and, and he most certainly goes with my best wishes. I think he's been a fantastic servant to the club. Yeah, I can't, can't disagree with any of that. I mean, he's he, go, he certainly goes with my, with my best wishes. And you can't you can't blame him for wanting to go back and give English football, English football a crack because he, you know, he had his heart problems before he came here, so he hasn't really had a career down there. Um, he will be really, really hard to replace because he's only missed a handful of games in the uh, you know the time he's been in the what three or for the four years he's been here he's missed about half a dozen games, so it'll be impossible to replace with one player because you won't get a player that is as robust as that, particularly not in that position. It's a shame he's going for nothing, but he's 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 on his contract out. That's fine. That's that's okay. Um, the, the most surprising thing for me is that there's been no speculation about where he's going. Nobody's mm-hmm. announced him signing a pre-contract anywhere. I say I'm very, very surprised at that. I mean, does he? Does that mean that he, he has been in negotiations with teams and he's kept it very quiet? I can't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't believe for a minute that he doesn't have something on the table. You know, um, <coughs> he hasn't got on the table and says with Rangers, then that's fine. But I would be very, very surprised. But I think, I mean, the manager didn't say he was definitely away. He said it's looking very likely that he'll be leaving, or highly yeah. unlikely that he'll sign. I think the way he put it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty much his away, Wolf. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think. I mean, I've been, I've been, been resigned the fact for months that he's going to leave because if he wasn't, he would, he would assign the thing. And he's been looking quite emotional after his last couple of games. You know, I mean, I think if the, tomorrow goes the way tomorrow's supposed to go, I think he'll be, he'll probably be a more of a shambling wreck than I will be at the end of the game. <laughs> you know, um, because it does, it, he does seem to really care about the club, but he's obviously got to look after himself and his family as well. And there's no. He's been four years four years up here. That's a long that's a long time to be some somewhere that's that's strange, somewhere that's not home. I mean, I believe his wife struggled to settle in Scotland, which is one of the reasons he wants to go. I don't know how true that is, but that's what I've I've heard that well, from reliable yeah. sources. That was going to be my next question, Karen. I'll just send that to you now because I'm very, very conscious that we've been on for 53 minutes. So and we've still got the Scottish Cup final to go. Um but why do you guys think he's not committed? <clears throat> to to us or anyone else? The answer for me, Ker, is I don't know. So I've never spoken yeah. to Wilson, I've never met him. But if you would have a guess at why he's not committed, is it like what Will said there, family? Maybe another crack at the, the EPL? I've heard a few different things. I'm not saying it's the truth. I've just heard a few different things from various people. Some say his family aren't settled up here. They're from Midlands area, so his wife's constantly back down there. If that's the case, any day it's his job, it's not a He's not a fan, it's his job playing for Rangers, so if she's not happy, you go where your family's happy. I would do it myself, we all probably would. Uh, but also heard that he wanted to stay, but he never got offered the contract he wanted. And to be honest with you, if I wanted to stay somewhere and it took him 12 months to give me a contract, I wanted, I don't know if I would have signed it either, because any day I'm looking after myself and my family, I'm looking after the club, and that's the way I look at it. Football players, it's a job, it's no... I'm not playing for Rangers because they're Rangers fans. I'm playing for Rangers because that's where they are just now. But we all know if they get more money somewhere else, they usually take it because, yeah, they want to win stuff, but 
they could get injured next season. If they get, they've signed a three-year contract with somebody in 40, 50, 60 grand a week. They're happy with that. So I've heard a few things, but I don't know if any of them is true. But I'm gutted he's leaving, to be fair. I know a lot of people think he can be hit and miss at times, but I agree with Wolf. The amount of games he gives you over the four-year period. I mean, he's played more games in only one season. And Helland has played in two seasons or three seasons. It's... It's, and I don't think Ellen Dunn and Suter are the two guys to fill Connor's boots. I personally don't. And that's why I see Bass as a centre-half. He might not match on night playing centre-half. I think he's going to grow in that position. He's strong, he's physical, he's quick. He's starting to lead the game better. His distribution still lets him down, but that's going to get better. But I think he, loves, he likes the rough and tumble of being at centre-back because he's involved in a lot. So that's how, that's how I think if he does go anywhere, Bass or he stays at Rangers, that's where I think he'll play. But I'm going to miss Connor and I've got... Doesn't matter where he goes to, he gets my best wishes anyway. 100%. 100%. It's been a colossal signing for us. <clears throat> Elaine, we have a Scottish Cup final tomorrow. Um, difficult to get up for it, I suppose. We'll yeah. pro- it'll be one of those when the game kicks off that might kick back in. Um, but also confirmed today that John McLaughlin will start. Yeah. So very quickly, and I mean very quickly, and not just yes or no, don't be a smart ass, right? <laughs> Um, has Alan McGregor played his last game for Rangers? With the, you know, and I mean this with the greatest respect, I hope so. Because if we give him another contract, that's not based in footballing. Um, and you, there's no room for sentiment. He's been a fantastic servant to the club. Uh, it would have been fabu- a fabulous way to sign off a great career. But... Um, that that should be it now. That you know that that should be it. Um, yeah, he's not the sort of person who's going to go and sit in the bench. He's not a he's not a personality that's going to be a number two. And I think it's probably time to say thank you, um, and, and that's it. Yeah, I don't want to um, hang on this too long, Bob, because um, no doubt it's something that we'll speak about in the <clears throat> the kind of post-season review, which will be the last podcast of the season, the last show of the season, and we'll run through everything. But just very quickly for you on Alan McGregor, is it? Is that him? Is that his time up? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I wasn't at all surprised to hear that from the manager today that John McLaughlin was in goal. Why would you play? A, why would you play a cupkeeper in the semi-final against Celtic and not play him in the final against Arsenal? Like, that would have made no sense to me at all. Um, so I'm not surprised. I I I think that the um, Europa League final would will be will have been Alan McGregor's last game for us. As Elaine says, with the greatest respect to the, to the man, it really should be. Because even if he wants this, if he wants to keep playing, he should just be told, right, Alan, great, go carry on your career somewhere else because it isn't here. Because we need we need to move, move past him. I don't think John McLaughlin signed a new contract without being told, look, look, you're going to get number one for at least a year. Because even if they bring a keeper in, the keeper's going to need to settle in. So. I fully expect John McLaughlin to be number one next year. Alan McGregor's been a fabulous servant. Mm-hmm. I just wish 2012 hadn't happened the way it had happened because he might have, he might have been here for 20 years. You know, we could be looking at a second testimonial for him and he, and he, he would have deserved it because he's that good a keeper. But yeah, to answer your question, in short, yes, he's played his last game for the club. <clears throat> yeah, when it's, like, look, it's something that we'll definitely revisit towards the end of the season. Um, but I want to kind of jump into the... I knew this would run over and over. I knew it. I says I'm out in the blistering heat. This is going to last over and ever. I know. And you, and you hate the heat. I despise the heat. Was he only? He never mentioned it. He never mentioned it. Do you know he's still in Portugal? Ah. 
I heard that. Have you thought he was back home? <laughs> I want to be home. Um, how difficult, care is it going to be? Number one for Gio to pick a team tomorrow, considering obviously um, the cup final that's just been. And number two, the players to kind of motivate themselves. Or do we as fans get too into the, oh, because we are so down, we expect the players to be just as down? Um, how difficult is that going to be for both Gio and the players? I don't think it's going to be difficult at all, Martin, to be fair. Uh, bonus with you, I think Gio will probably know roughly his team. He'll know the boys that can play the other night, can play again. There will be a few missing. I might, I might see Stephen Davis starting. Alec Lowry, for me, should start as well. Um, obviously, John McLaughlin starting. The players will be picking themselves up for the other night, the ones that do play, because as a footballer, when you get beat, the first thing you want to do is go back out and play. So you can not rectify the loss, but get another, get another one under your belt so you try and get, forget a wee bit about the last game. But it's a cup final, so if you can't motivate yourself for the last game of the season, which is a Scottish cup final, then you shouldn't be in the starting 11. And Martin disappeared. I think as well, given the fact that the heat, the conditions, um, the fact it went to extra time, we need to freshen it up. So there, there will be some people who started on Wednesday who will feature, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's you know, a good few changes. Um, and, and that in itself, hopefully, um, brings a wee bit more more to the team as well and kind of freshens things up for them. Yeah, I think, the, I think personally, I think the players have to be honest with themselves and with the managers here. And if, they're, you know, if, they're, if Wednesday's really affected them physically, mentally, whatever, they have to be honest and say, look, I really can't start this game because, you know, um, it's taking everything out of me or, or whatever it is. They have to be honest about it. Yeah. yeah. For me, you know, rather than just say, yeah, yeah, I'm good to go and then break down after 10 minutes and all that sort of stuff, you know. The thing that the thing that concerns me is the, is the fitness of uh, Ramsey and Roof. You know? I, don't think I, too, I don't think any two of them should play. No, well, neither, neither do I. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that if either of the two of them were even... 80% fit that have played at least a half of the extra time Wednesday night. The yeah. fact they both only come out to take a penalty tells me that they're not going to be fit at all. I mean, as soon as Ramsey came off the bench, I, I said, it's going to penalties and he'll miss. Because, yeah, I just got a feeling. You know, you bring people off the bench for that purpose. Usually miss. So, if he's, if he's not fit enough to start the game tomorrow, neither of the two of them should, should be anywhere near it, I don't think. No, I agree with you. Right, so obviously my laptop was running out of battery because I didn't have it plugged in because I forgot to plug it in. <laughs> and, now the, <clears throat> and now the Wi-Fi is starting to play up as well. So I'll try and make this as brief as possible. I've got no idea what you just spoke about for two minutes. So if this question's already been asked or spoke about, then I do apologise. I'm not in darkness. It's just the sun's hitting the camera. So I apologise. Elaine, what does Gio do in terms of... <laughs> it changes it. <laughs> Team selection. Yeah, yeah. Not, is that already been asked? <laughs> we, were just, we were basically just saying, yeah, it was, um, yeah, basically, uh, I think it has to change it because of the conditions, because of the heat, because of the fact that the extra time, yeah, it changes it. Um, I was saying on Wednesday, um, and I know Martin's a bit of a cheerleader for Lowry, but I would have thought that... Um, I thought Lowry could have done a job, and it's a huge game to bring him on. Um, but I, I would have maybe chucked him in. So I think tomorrow's a game for Lowry. Uh, but I think he'll change it quite a bit. How do you see the game going, Kerr? Um 
is, is it going to be a case of <laughs> Elaine's had to mute because Molly's... <laughs> At least I'm doing better than him. Yeah. And my, my internet has gone. Yeah. Am I back? Am I back yep. in the room? You're back, yep. you're back. Yeah, exactly. Just quick as you can, Martin, how, before your internet goes all together. How, how do you see Gio approaching the game? He'll probably pick a team that he's going to think is going to win the game, obviously. He's manager of Rangers, that's what he's going to be doing. But to be honest with you, I think, wise, I think we'll win. Tactics wise. I think he'll just play the usual way we play. I think... But, but, We've actually, I don't know about Wolf. Wolf's probably maybe a bit more about Hearts than myself. I've only seen him play a few times this season. It's not a place I really go to uh, for some reason, but they're a decent side. They're, they play a certain way. They've got a few decent players, but I think if Rangers turn up, we should beat them. And I'm not being disrespectful to, to Hearts, but I think we should beat them. They've got a couple of the boys. <clears throat> so I'm just decent up front. We know what Barry Mackay can do. Uh, at the back, they're okay, Hearts. I don't think they're as great as everybody makes them out to be. Obviously, Craig Gordon's probably the best keeper in the league, to be fair. Uh, but I think we will I think we will win. I think it will be close, but I think we will win. Well, I am, I am going to be disrespectful to Hearts, and I can do that. I think Hearts have been on the beach for about three or four weeks. They haven't, they haven't won in the last four games. I think they've been a draw in three defeats. So, we battled them with the B team, Will. Yep, yeah, exactly that as well. We're they're going to find it hard to, to lift ourselves up. I think, I think that they're going, they're going to come at us because we think we're going to be tired. They're just going to come, they're going to come flying out the traps at us. I think. So we just need to make sure we don't lose an early goal. The boy Sims up front's a decent player. He'll score goals. Uh, they've not really got a lot at the back. Barry McKay. <laughs> well done, Molly. Barry McKay tends to go missing <laughs> in uh, in the big games. So I don't think he'll be that much of a threat, to be honest. He's quite, you know, should be able to snuff him out, hopefully. And I hope that doesn't go back and bite me in the arse. <laughs> if, if we turn up and play like play like we should, it doesn't matter what team we put out, we'll beat them because we're a bit we we're a bit we've got better players than Hearts. Hearts are Hearts are a decent a decent side tactically. I don't think that I really don't like the manager at all. I don't know why, I just don't I just don't like him. I don't think he's a good coach, but I think tactically he's got something about him. And as long as we get, as long as we're up for it, I think we'll, I think we'll beat them. I don't agree with Ken. I don't think it'll be close. I think we'll beat them easy. I hope you're right, Wolf. Listen, beat them easy, right? And I don't know whether to ask Elaine or ask Molly. Um, <laughs> what we what we do have to remember, though, as Elaine, is that look, if, if Rangers show up and we play the way we can play, of course we win. But if we don't go in with a one hundred percent intensity, if we are off it. Listen, they yeah. finished third in the league. They're a good side. They're the third. And, and the thing is, this is this is a drop. cup. This is a cup final. Um, you know, it's a cup final. It's a one-off game. They'll be up for it. How many chances have you know the, the Hearts get at, at getting a um, a trophy? It's um, the third cup final in four years. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, and more than others. But yeah. but the thing is, for for any team in Scotland. Um, for any team in Scotland, or for any team at all, you know, a cup final, your players, your players are up for it, and they'll see us as a bit of a wounded animal. Um, they will, they will have a go. Absolutely, I think it would be the most Rangers thing to beat them at Tynecastle with the kids, and not show up tomorrow. And that, that's my fear. I had a real worry that we would win both finals or lose both. 
I had a I had a gut feeling that that would be the way it would go because I just think mentally trying to get them back up. I know it's going to be a a, a changed team. Um, that that was always my worry. Uh, I don't think it will be as easy as um, as it maybe should be, and I don't think it is easy as people think it's going to be tomorrow. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're up for it. I hope we just go and kind of wrong or right and or right or wrong. Sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah. I kind of think it might be a wee bit more difficult than people think. I'm apologising. I'm having to move about the balcony now to try and get a Wi-Fi. (laughs) The balcony. (laughs) The veranda, the balcony, whatever, whatever. Um, Care, if we we go on and win tomorrow, which of course we hope and we should, is that a successful season? No, because the league still sticks in my throat. That's just me. The Mm. league, I, I I can't forgive them. But for throwing away the league, I know when Joe came in, there was a transition period between Gerard leaving and him coming in, and but it's just a massive swing. Yes, Celtic have been consistent since probably December, January time, but I don't know they finished above us, and me saying that probably doesn't sound great, but I still think we're a better side than them, even though they finished above us in the league. I do. It's really difficult, Wolf, to try and make a case for it to be a, a successful season just winning the Scottish Cup. Obviously, we, oh, and I've just muted Wolf by accident. Obviously, if, if we don't win the Scottish Cup, it's a, it's a disastrous season. But is, is there any case to be made to get into a European final and winning a Scottish Cup as success? No? No. no success at Rangers is waving big shiny things. And we've won, we've won one shiny thing since we came back up and this will be the second one. And no, it's not. It's not success. It's an absolute disaster if we don't win it. Mm-hmm. Oh, if we don't win it, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, no, it's not a successful season. Just get the get the game done tomorrow. Get again at one. Let's go. Let's go and hold it. Come back and go for it again. And let's not throw the league away. because I agree with you. We are one hundred percent much better team than they are. One hundred percent we're a better team than them. But we just too many stupid drop points. Too many daft daft draws with the jobbers. That's what that's what cost us. Without any question, I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have the, those those stupid draws. We had two draws with Aberdeen, two draws with Motherwell, throwing points away against Ross County and Hearts. Wouldn't Ross have matter, wouldn't have yeah. lost four times to them. We're still a winner. Yeah, that was a Ross County one that stuck in my throat. Oh, no, the Hearts hey, one is ever still sticks in my throat. But. Hey, let's leave let's leave this on a positive. Um, I normally ask everybody in the comments, right? But I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up. But we'll be back tomorrow at quarter past two. Um for the, the build-up. That'll be on for half an hour, that'll, and that'll give you all 15 minutes to get away and get set up for the game, and then, of course, we'll have the reaction as well shortly after the game. If Rangers win, when Rangers win, the reaction will be after the trophy lift, of course. Um, but predictions just from the guys, um, Elaine, Kerr, and Wolf, and I'll get all your predictions tomorrow in the build-up, because I'm hoping you'll all come back for that. Um, Elaine, your predictions for tomorrow's Scottish Cup final and first goal scorer, please. I'll be I'll be positive. Two one, um, Lowry. We're we're gonna start him. Yes, I will. Okay. I was I'm fed up doing the let's predict the starting lineup because we never get it right. We never get it right. Care your prediction. Hold on, yeah, unmute you, care. There we prediction go. is 3-1 and Ryan Kent's first goal. <clears throat> Ryan Kent, that would be a turn up for the books, Wolf. 
I was going to break with tradition and say the same scoreline as Kerr just have, but only because I bumped into a Rangers legend on Wednesday in Seville and asked him what the score was going to be on Wednesday night, and he told me three-one, which was what I which what became my prediction for for Wednesday. So that was going to be my prediction for today. But sorry, Mister Parlane, I'm not going to go with it. <laughs> So he also said it would be a parlaying hat trick, so I didn't quite think that was going to happen. <laughs> no, sorry, it was me that said it was going to be a parlaying hat trick. You should tell him to bring uh, his boots to still a place to play for the Lackner Centre for. I, I did actually ask him if he had his boots with him, to be fair, to which his son heartily laughed at. Um, but no, my prediction for the game tomorrow, having said we're going to win easy, is 3 nothing to Rangers, and the first goal scorer will be Alex Lowry. Any chance it goes to penalties? Absolutely none. No. No, none. Just like I, I, I don't think we get the penalties. Never mind the team. No. If it does, I'm, if it does, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Well, listen. Um, Elaine, care, well, guys, as ever. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to everybody watching. Please like, subscribe, share, and all that good stuff. Um, and like I say, we'll be back tomorrow at quarter past two for all the build-up to the game. By that time, obviously, we know the lineup. We can go into it a bit more detail. Um, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we'll hopefully see you all tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.